part of it is, uh, you know, just the closing my eyes and sitting, whatever, and getting real clear about where, uh, just getting present. So I might even say, I am here. I might say that out loud and then I'll feel my hands on my knees, my, my feet on the ground, my, my butt on the seat and my back. I'll like, feel that. I'll like hear what's going on. And so just so that I know I'm present and then, um, and then I'll close my eyes and I may, I may say a couple of, you know, little incantation things and just sit silently and just wait for any ideas to bubble, whether some do or not. But oftentimes in that, it'll be like priorities will start raising to mind and I'll be like, okay, okay, that's what's important. And I, when I come out of that space is when I write down my to-do list and these are the type, if they're, you know, if I could just do one thing today or two or three things today only that would be a successful day. What would be those things? And I, I write those down. I do those first, no matter what I do those first, you know. Welcome to the Viral by Design podcast with Dave Rothero, where we get inside the minds of today's leading viral marketers as they reveal the exact strategies they use to build brands, products, and campaigns that are magnetic to customers, spread like wildfire, and seize the attention of millions. This is Viral by Design. So welcome to another episode of Viral by Design. I'm very excited today to be joined by Aaron Anastasi. Aaron is a prominent success coach for clients in industry-leading roles ranging from film directors to Grammy award-winning record producers to Netflix and Google executives to even TED Talks because he's also an actor, an author, and a serial entrepreneur with a number one singing and life lesson channel on YouTube, which has over 50 million organic views and half a million subscribers. The internationally recognized Superior Singing Method online singing lesson program grosses high seven figures annually. So, Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time today to speak to us. My pleasure. Appreciate you reaching out. Pleasure. So, your kind of backstory, um, I'd love to learn, you know, how you got to where you are today. Obviously, you know, you do so many different things, but I'd love to just get like a grasp of how you became who you are today. Yeah, I I often think about because people people ask me like, how do you do how is it that you've come to do so many things and how do they all, how do they all mix together? Like what, what is it that, that you're into? And I finally, I didn't even really know. I was just living my life and doing what I was excited about and what I was passionate about. But really I've, I, it's all under the under the umbrella of, I love to um, inspire other people to reach their dreams while I'm doing the same. Because when I inspire other people to reach their dreams, it inspires me to reach my own. And it keeps me, it keeps that tenacity and excitement inside of me to continue to pursue mine. And I just love being in the space of doing of that. I mean, people call it zone, but I call it like a self-unconsciousness where you're in a state. So whether it's acting or coaching or writing, whatever it is, I get into a space of this blissful self-unconsciousness where I'm unconscious of self and I'm just doing, I'm just creating or serving or whatever. So, so that's, that's a little, I know that's not exactly what your question is, but that's kind of the overarching thing. But as far as how I got to where I'm at, um, I guess my question to you would be, can you just be a little more specific? Is it with the singing thing or the acting thing or what, what are you thinking? Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, first of all, like the fact that uh, you're an actor in LA, that's something that I really want to drill, drill down into because that's like um, touted as one of the most difficult things to do, right? So many people move to LA determined to set up some kind of acting career and yep. you know, it's a really, really low probability that it works. So I'd love to learn a bit more about that for a start. Oh, sure, sure. I, I know my... Um like like entrepreneurship the acting thing is so there's so many highs and lows inside of it and sometimes i'll be like um 
commiserate, commiserating with my wife about it, you know, on a low time. And she's like, Aaron, what are you talking about? She's like, the very reason, like you love acting and you're an artist and all that stuff, but one of the major reasons that you're even pursuing acting is because it's one of the hardest things on earth to do. You love the challenge of it. I'm like, oh yeah, that's so true. So you're absolutely right. Um, acting is kind of like, if you don't love it more than anything, there's no reason you should be doing it. But for me, so I just, I came to a point where I decided there are things that I love to do. I love coaching and I love writing, but there's something deep inside of me that's not being fulfilled. And that's this thing. It is acting. And I was even almost kind of embarrassed of it because I've been in LA 10 years, but I didn't actually really start pursuing acting till you know, a year or two after I was in LA because LA, everybody's an actor. Everybody, it's almost like a cliche. And it's like, there's so many actors that aren't actually giving it a real pursuit. And so you actors kind of have a bad rap here. Some do because they're just like, Oh, I'm an actor. Well, but I've been working at a restaurant for 10 years and I haven't got an audition and eight it's like, well, so anyway, when I finally decided um, I was going to be an actor, I was just like, I'm going to do this, period. I've got some other side gig things and I love doing all that, you know, the coaching and the writing and all that stuff. But I'm just going to give this my all. So I started putting 30, 40 hours a week and just I want to say grinding it out, but it, it wasn't a grind. It was just like, I'm so fo- I'm going to build this business just like I've built other businesses in my life. And so um, it was actually years of training and training and training before I started getting my first couple of gigs. But um, within the last, you know, couple of years, I've booked three commercials and then I've been on, you know, I've been on networks such as Hulu and Disney, Marvel, uh, Fox, uh, you know, I've been, you know, shooting on the big Paramount Studios, the Fox lots. And, you know what I mean? I've had some really great experiences with some really great shows. And I just auditioned for a Netflix show yesterday. Like there's a lot of momentum going on now. And it's it's more and more exciting. The better I get at it and the more opportunities that I get and the more casting directors I meet, it just becomes more fun. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. So, you know, something you said earlier on about reaching that kind of uh, state of lack of self-awareness and just extreme focus on, on what you do. And it sounds like that applies to a lot of what you do. Uh, how do you how do you get into that? And like, what's the, what is that state? Can you go a bit deeper on that? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I like that because I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it quite from that angle, but I, but I, but I do know the answer. I think the, for me, it is, I can't remember who says this, but they they're talking about oh, focus on the end user. Like if you're if you're um, if you're nervous or you're you know not feeling motivated or whatever, focus on the end user, not about you and what what you want or your your insecurities or your profit or your credit, whatever it is. Focus on the end user. I think that's really what it is. So if I broke down my coaching, um, when I want to get in, if I if I'm actually getting into somebody else's world and I'm a hundred percent in their world, not thinking about anything that's going on in my life. I'm just like, how could I serve this person? I'm going to use every faculty, every resource, every quote, every piece of information, every listening skill I've ever learned in my life to serve this person powerfully and help them get exactly what they want. And not just what they're saying they want, but two or three levels deeper of what they really, really, really want of why they think they want this. And when I'm so focused on that, that's when I disappear and, and get in that zone. And so it's the same thing with acting. When I'm focused on the other person and I'm just really listening to the other person in the scene and I'm wanting to, I'm just, I'm being the character and I'm really just focusing on them and listening and being in the scene, I disappear because it's about them. So it's usually about focusing on the other person. Even when I'm writing, it's the same thing. I'm writing, I'm thinking about when, when I wrote my books, 
I actually have a, I have a, a brother. He's a, he's a half brother. And he was in college at the time that I wrote the books. And I was just thinking, how could I serve him? What would I say to him if I wanted him to be successful? Not necessarily like an 80 year old man and not necessarily like a four year old. It's like somebody that's like an adult, but has their whole life ahead of them. So I'm thinking, what would I say if I could say anything to really help this person? So it's all about getting in that other person's world. That's huge, man. You know, and I've, I've, I've kind of adopted some of those principles when the limited amount of public speaking that I've, that I've done in the past. So I have historically been a chronic public speaker, like awful, which is crazy because I was brought up as a musician and like played on, on like stages in front of three, three, four thousand people. Oh, like, yeah. And, and, and you know, the first time I actually stood on a stage to, um, uh, to speak to a room, the, the first few seconds, I cracked a joke that was all planned. And then within a few seconds, it, it just went and it was like this this sensation of like, ah, things could go really wrong. It's like the voice in the back of the head. It's like, ah, they already are going wrong because you just stop speaking to think about this. And then it spirals and it spirals and it spirals, right? Yeah. And like, <laughs> it's terrible. Like one of the worst experiences of my life. But then somebody yeah. gave me like really similar advice to what you're saying about like, it's not about you, right? It's about the people in the room and, and yeah. making sure that they understand getting the message providing the body to them. Yeah. I Interestingly for me that when I started flipping the script, I pursued music for a long time as a singer and as a you know musician. And I put out a bunch of records and I did a bunch of touring and I wrote hundreds of songs. Like I, I did that whole, and I and I loved it. I legitimately loved it. Um, I noticed though, and this isn't like it's not categorically true, like a black and white thing. But a lot of it was about me and a self-aggrandizing me and like look at me and and not worship me. That's too strong. But just like appreciate me and all. It was just it was so about me. And, and I, you know, I had some successes, but never really got the traction that I wanted. And so with superior singing method that, that I created, I was like, you know what, let me just flip it around and let me help other people reach their dreams. And then it just blew up, you know, as you know, you know, it started making tons of money and helping tons of people all over the world. And it was like, it's just interesting that when we, when we get our eyes, you know, the, the navel gazing, like, you know, I've heard it called just like the self self and just be like, no, how can I help other people? It, it tends to come back on us tenfold, you know? That's huge, man. Absolutely massive. You know, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, people like Jeff Bezos, right? Who are just like a thousand percent customer focused. It's like, how can we make this the best customer yeah. focused experience? What is it yeah. you think about the superior singing method that people are really attracted to? Like so many swathes of people have been attracted to now. Yeah, yeah. I, I could, it's just I can only guess, right? Um, I mean, I have some ideas, but I think I think part of it is this thing we're talking about that I'm I'm not doing my videos, and I didn't create my program necessarily to be like. I'm just like with the idea of like, how can I just be the most helpful? I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to sound smart. I'm not going to give a bunch of technical stuff that people may or may not be able to use. I'm just going to, what helped me and what can help them? Just like the most stripped down in a way that's conversational, that literally a fourth grader could do it, could understand it and get the exercise and do it immediately. And when I do my videos, I know this is kind of weird, but like, I know a lot of people watch my videos, but uh, you know, YouTube videos or whatever, but I, when I'm doing them, I have the intention in mind that I'm just talking to one, like when I was writing my book and I'm just writing it kind of for my brother, thinking only of like that kind of demographic. I kind of think the same thing. I'm just having a conversation with one person and I'm like, look, and it, there's a, 
there's a motivation and an inspiration and excitement for me to help them. So it's not just about the information. It's like, hey, look, you can do this. I'm telling you, if you just break this down, I know it seems hard, but if you just do these things for this period of time over some consistent time, you'll be able to do that. So try this and do it with me. Now, are you doing it with me? You got to do it with me because that's only, you know, it's like a, I'm coaching them as I'm not just like, if you do this information, you'll do it. So I think that's a big part of it. People are like, oh, wow, maybe I actually can reach my dreams, even though, like you're saying, I have those voices in the back of my head that you suck. This will never work. What are you talking about? You don't live in the right place. You're too old. You're too young. You're too, you know, there's all those voices that we have that are constantly holding us back. And we don't even realize that they're voices in our head. We just think they're reality. That th- That is just true. It's just true that I suck or it's just true that I, but we all have those voices and we need to push through, you know? Yeah, hundred percent, man. And you know, I, for, for fear of focusing on the negative, but I'm a big believer that people are, are really capable of way, way more than they give themselves credit for. And I think you've already touched on that, you know, slightly there. Um, so with, without kind of focusing too much on the negative, what do you think it is that stops most people from succeeding? You think it's that voice in the back of the head? You need to just think they just need to kind of realign their beliefs, or is there something deeper there? I th- yeah, I, I think the biggest part, the biggest thing that holds people back is. It's the idea of the voice in their head, but um, what makes it a little more insidious than that is, because I was just thinking about this. I actually, one of my books um, is called uh, The Voice of Your Dreams. You know, turn down the voices of limitation, turn up the volume of success, right? It's like turn down the, anyway. And and so I, I'm a big believer in that. But what becomes the most insidious about the voices is, is what I kind of touched on is that the voices are actually deeper. They become beliefs. They become beliefs about ourselves and what is possible that become automatic responses of how we respond and react to everybody and everything in our life. And so it's like this big like roof that's being squished down that most people don't even realize they're what I call like a way of being their way of being is this self-doubt based on these 40 beliefs that they have that they don't even realize they have they just think this is just is this is just the way life is it's just true that's why part of the reason I became a coach because I I had a coach and he started unearthing a lot of those for me and my life started opening up it was like I felt like I had like one or two options say in an area that were both like okay and then when I started being coach and he was coaching all those thoughts and beliefs out of me and I was seeing what more was possible it's like all of a sudden I had 40 options and 10 of them were great and five of them were revolutionary and one was absolutely life-changing and and now I'm like motivated to take that option because I didn't even realize it existed and all of a sudden all life starts opening up and then I do that again and again it's just like my world is expanding so to me it's about a way of being and I know that's kind of a weird phrase but a way of being is essentially what we believe is possible about ourselves and about the world and it's not that you just go like think more positively it's not about that it's about really understanding your thoughts and what's going on and rewriting those and beginning to experience what it's like and let me, let me just tell you one story of just a practical story. Cause so I was sitting with my coach about eight years ago and I was telling him I'm, I'm, I'm really tenacious. You know, I'm, I'm like, you know, like a dog with a bone. And, and there was, there was truth in that, but he said um, up until making requests of other people and inviting them into your vision. Right. And I was like, it was like, and I was like, 
He's like, see, what I've noticed with you is that you think you can do it all yourself. And then that's a huge block for you. And you're afraid to ask other people because you're, you're afraid you're going to bug them or like you're afraid you're going to look bad or what, for whatever reason. He's like, what if you chose the way of being? And so this idea of believe what's true for two minutes at a time. And because at the time I was trying to um, I had written this short film and I want I had this big vision of what how I want to shoot this action film with all these like luxury cars and downtown L.A. and this big warehouse. But I, I didn't really have any money at the time and um, any resources He's like what if you know all these people that could potentially help you that are in the industry? What if during these just two minutes at a time, you changed your way of being what you believed was possible about yourself? And you believed that this is going to be the greatest project they've ever worked on, that that. Um, they would be lucky to work with you, not in like an arrogant way, but you have something that is going to be great and you're inviting them into this party and this exciting thing that's going to happen. What if you just believe that? And so I call after call after call after call and everybody said yes. And fast forward three months later, I'm on set, this huge warehouse in downtown Los Angeles. I've got 35, 40 volunteers and I've got these, you know, movie, movie quality camera. It's just like, I, my mind was blown just by that one little thing that opened up for me. As so one at a time, I've been opening these things up with my coaches. And it's just like, there's so much more possible that I'm not different. It's just what I'm seeing is possible is different. I 100% feel you on that, man. Like it's, I've experienced very similar things myself. Like, and it's an often, I think it's, it goes back to that, that phrase. You can't read the label on the bottle from the inside, right? It's like, sometimes it just takes somebody just putting a seed in your mind, right? It's just like, well, maybe this. And then suddenly, as you say, it has that like seismic, like rippling effect into, into the rest of your life. Do you think that's possible, like just with yourself through like meditation? Or do you think you need somebody else to, to help you uncover those things? Yeah, yeah. I will say that it is, I think it's easier and faster and more efficient to have a coach, which is why I've had a coach ever since, even though I'm a coach and I, I, I coach top level people and in, in, you know, tech and in entertainment, all that. I still have a coach just because I think it is the most effective way. I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't say that, but I'm also an author and my life has been changed radically through books. And I read, well, I used to read a book a week. Now I read a book three times every few weeks. <laughs> Cause I, I like, I like to really like get information at a DNA level, but I, yes, it is possible. I think it's a little slower, but I, but I do think it's possible. I'd still spend, I, every day I journal, like you asked what I did today. I woke up at five fifteen. I journaled, I wrote down my gratitude list. I spent some time in prayer. I, um, I, li I, I listened to some, some books a little bit. I worked out, you know, and then we had our thing at seven or seven my time. So I, I do believe that all those things are super powerful and they do work and through books, I've been radically transformed. So the answer is yes, but it's like an athlete. Can an athlete just be by himself and get better, you know, from books and or watching video and all that stuff? I think absolutely. But I think if that athlete had a coach, there there could be more faster change. Yeah, hundred percent. So you mentioned books there. Are there any kind of highlights of you to give like a real maybe top few that have really helped you? Oh yeah, gosh. Um, I, I love everything by the Arbinger Institute. They talk a lot about transformational stuff. So they have books called um, Leadership and Self-Deception, The Outward Mindset. Um, what's their other one? Uh, anyway, anything by the Arbinger Institute. There's a book called The Three Laws of Performance, which is just life-changing. Um, there's a book by uh, Steve Chandler called Time Warrior, a uh, book by um, Xander called... Uh, 
the art of possibility. Those are a few. I can go on and on. I'm like a total book nerd. I just, I love books. Yeah, that's awesome. So here's a question for you. If you were to go back and uh, say 20 years ago and speak to slightly younger Aaron back then, what would be the kind of advice that that you would give to him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) the the short answer is uh, the two books that I wrote is exactly what I would tell him because that's what I was telling my, my young. But, you know, if I just like had just a minute or whatever, 10 seconds, 30 seconds to say, I think it would be, the biggest thing for me, my I think one of my biggest struggles in life has been and continues, if I'm not monitoring, if I'm not doing the meditation and all that stuff, I'm not monitoring, it's like that I'm not enough or I don't have what it takes or there's something inherently missing from me so I can't reach that next level of whatever. So I think it would be something around that for me personally of like, dude, believe in your bigness. Like there's so much more in you than you realize. There's so much more that's possible. Just hang on, stay the course and be tenacious about the things that you want. Like it is going to work out. Just trust that it's going to work out. And it's not about, and I've been thinking a lot recently, you know, you hear people say, it's about the journey, not the destination. And, and, and I was like, more and more, I'm, I'm like, I do see the wisdom in that. And it's not that the destination isn't great. Like the, the things that I've accomplished and when I accomplish them, it is, it's great to have those accomplishments, but that self unconsciousness along the journey is what really gives me life day after day after day. So it is about the work, about doing the work and choosing work that I really enjoy. So I'm not like doing work that I don't enjoy to try to get to reach an end. I'm doing work that I enjoy every day and hoping that that will help me reach these bigger goals. And um, that's that would probably be it. Yeah, no, I love it, man. You know, it's um, that kind of attitude of it is possible. I think that's another thing that that people really underestimate. And you know, potentially even thinking to like maybe twenty years ago, me like I probably would have washed off that kind of mentality. You know, because it's it's like oh well, it's just kind of hoping that things will work out and like you know you know positive positive talk and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, whereas I think in, in recent years, what I've really come to realize is that. When you actually have that attitude, it does actually impact the actions that you take. And you start, if you'd be like, okay, so there is a way, I just need to figure out what it is, then it completely alters the way you act, right? And even it may even be like micro decisions. And as you said, you know, they're about like getting that movie shot in downtown LA. It's like suddenly when you've got that, if you believe it's not going to be possible, then you're never going to make it and take any action to, to make it happen, right? Whereas okay. when you accept that new belief, then suddenly things just start appearing, right? Yeah. It's so about options for me. I, I'm, I'm just for what you're saying. It's like when, when we believe it's not possible, literally the options right in front of our eyes shut down. And then when we're like, you know what, I really think this could work out when we're in that moment of like, we just worked out and we had some coffee and we're just like excited about life. We're like, you know, I think this is really possible. Then the mind, all of a sudden, it's like opportunities that are right in front of our face. Now we're just illuminated to them. They've been there the whole time, but that different mindset helps us to to see them, to take advantage of them. And it really is a muscle because I, I believe that our survival brain, that reptilian brain is constantly wanting us to survive. And the survival is, is like, it's that inward tight and just keep what I have and not risk too much because I want to be safe. I think that is the default. So building that muscle of optimism of like, I think it is possible. It really is a muscle that is built over time and strengthened and strengthened. And the more we strengthen it, the more opportunities we have and the more, and the more like that, you know, 
I, I still have that in my mind or th these ideas of like, oh, if I just changed my way of being, I made these calls and then this thing happened. It's like, oh yeah. And that begins rewriting what's what what seems true to me. No, people probably do want to work with me. And I, I do have some talent and I and these things are possible and I do have something to offer the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, lo I love that. You know, we touched on there about, about changing states. And obviously a big one for that is when you get back from the gym, you just finish your workout, then suddenly you've got all these endorphins rushing around your brain. So it's yeah. a, a great decision-making phase to be in, right? But yeah. um, you also touched on meditation as well. What's yeah. your approach to meditation? Are you just trying to sit down and clear your mind or are you more into like breath work or what's your kind of process for that? Yeah, it, it shifts over time. But let's see, like currently my, my meditation is, it's not so much clearing my mind. It's, uh, it's focusing my mind on what is important and opening my mind for new ideas and clarity to emerge. And I do that in a, a variety of ways because things get stagnant for me if I try and do the same thing over and over and over again. So um, part of it is, uh, you know, just the close of my eyes and sitting whatever and getting real clear about where uh, just getting present. So I might even say I am here. I might say that out loud and then I'll feel my hands on my knees, my my feet on the ground, my my butt on the seat and my back. I'll like feel that. I'll like hear what's going on. And so just so that I know I'm present and then um and then I'll close my eyes and I may I may say a couple of you know little incantation things and just sit silently and just wait for any ideas to bubble, whether some do or not. But oftentimes in that it'll be like priorities will start raising to mind and I'll be like, okay, okay, that's what's important. And I, when I come out of that space is when I write down my to-do list. And these are the type, if they're, you know, if I could just do one thing today or two or three things today only, that would be a successful day. What would be those things? And I, I write those down. I do those first, no matter what I do those first, you know, so that's, that's kind of how it works for me. Yeah, 100%. I, I don't know about you, but I often find in those kind of states as well, like leaving your subconscious to do a lot of the heavy lifting, like suddenly things that you would never have thought of consciously just start flooding into your head as well, right? It's like a completely different brain state. It, it, it 100% is. And I, I happen to be a person of faith and I do believe in God and all that stuff. But even somebody who doesn't believe in God, whether it's inner wisdom or the universe or there's a million ways to call it. But there is something like you're saying that when you're in that state, something bubbles up that you didn't generate and I want access to that, Where, whatever the origin, I want access to that because that's, that's the good stuff. That's not, um, because I, I'm, I'm a hard worker and I can, and I, 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 I am tenacious as I've said, but I don't want to just be spinning my wheels doing stuff that doesn't matter. I want to make sure that what I'm doing are the things that matter. And so that, that time helps me stay focused and clear about what the priority is. Yeah. Did you read a, a book by John's by Price Pritchett called U Squared? Do you know that book? No. I'm gonna have to send that over to you. It's I mean it's just purely out of interest. It's it's like a it's a an hour long read, but it's it's like it's all about like how you can bring about seismic change in, in, in your life uh just through changing the actions, the things that you focus on and um the, the idea is U squared. It's like how to create an exponential um yeah. version of yourself. It resonates with so so much of the stuff that you're you're talking about. Sounds yeah. absolutely right up my alley. I would love yeah. to check. It out. <laughs> I'll send you the link over after. Yeah, yeah. So hey, I'd, I'd love to talk a little bit more about um, about the superior singing method, and um, particularly who who that's for, and what they could expect to, to get out of it. Yeah, yeah. What I did is I, I, my, my goal was to create a program that somebody who's who has no singing skills at all can 
start and understand and get going and and have a, and move up a couple of levels in their singing but also something that somebody even if they're a professional singer because it it's still stuff that I use today and I I was a professional singer for for a while it's still some it's still stuff that they can jump on and they can wherever they're at they could level up a couple of levels too so for me th that that's the goal and even the feedback that I've gotten over the years because obviously we get flooded with a lot of you know uh, feedback and stuff like that, that uh, people are all over the spectrum from professional singers to absolute beginners. So that, that's that, what people can expect. Yeah, yeah, a step-by-step -step program. That's why I wanted to create, like I have my my YouTube videos and there's tons of great content on there. It's all free, of course, and we don't even run ads on those or anything. So it's all super accessible. But what the actual program inside there, I have like a vocal coaching club inside there. That's a whole separate thing. I have the main program, a bunch of mini courses, like, you know, seven videos on high notes and seven videos on tone. And, but then the main course, Superior Singing Method, is like an eight-week program. And that is just systematic, step-by-step, -step, start with this, do this today, do this tomorrow. Do It's like building a foundation to create the voice you want, because I do believe that we create our voice, you know, people, the big lie, I think the big myth is that if I'm not born with talent, then I can't become a great singer. And I, I absolutely do not believe that it's the voice, you know, there's a million micro muscles in the voice and we can build them up in the right way with the right exercises and, and we can create and have a good voice. If you can speak, you can sing because singing is just sustained speech. So let's, let's work toward that, you know? Yeah, I guess, again, it comes back down to that, that belief pattern of, you know, you believe it's possible, you start working towards it, and then suddenly, lo and behold. <laughs> Everything I do kind of filters through there. It really does. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to talk to us. You've dropped some absolute bombs uh, there, which I'm sure everyone listening is, is very grateful for. So where can people find out more about Superior Singer Method and yourself as well? Yeah, you can, let's see, you can find, I'm at, on Instagram, you can find me just at, at Aaron Anastasi uh, or um, for Superior Singing specifically, superiorsingingmethod.com. Yeah, you can find my books on Amazon. Those are probably the best places to, to find me. That's great, man. We'll make sure all those relevant links are uh, in and around the podcast wherever it's posted. So thanks again for taking the time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, man. This has been the Viral by Design podcast with Dave Rothero. For more viral marketing secrets and to get detailed cliff notes on all episodes, visit viralbydesign.net.